Welcome to the Birthful Podcast. I'm Adriana Lozada, and today we're talking about creating a mindful and minimalist baby registry. Creating a baby registry can be downright panic-producing, but contrary to what the thousands of products out there would have you believe, you really don't actually need that much. So how do you know what to get and when to get it? Megan Whitaker tells us more. Stay tuned. This episode of Birthful is brought to you by Expectful, an evidence-based guided meditation app created specifically for those trying to conceive, pregnant, or new moms. Reduce your stress, reduce your complications, and improve your connection with your baby and partner. Learn more and sign up for a free two-week trial at expectful.com birthful. This episode of Birthful is also brought to you by Megan Othling, a fabulous birth doula and childbirth educator in Albuquerque who is all about offering women the information and support they need to make their own empowered birth choices. Learn more at womanofvalorbirth.com. The Birthful Podcast, talking to maternity pros to inform your intuition. Hello, mighty mamas and mamas-to-be, mighty dads and dads-to-be, mighty parents and parents-to-be. Hello. As always, thank you so very, very much for listening, for all the love you, love you give the show, and an enormous thank you to all of you who have, who have subscribed and left a review on iTunes so that we can get the show in front of even more parents. Thank you, thank you. All right. Quick reminder to all of you located near Charlotte, North Carolina, or willing to travel, that I will be in your neck of the woods to teach two separate full-day workshops during the first weekend of November. If you're expecting blockout Saturday, November 4th on your calendar, and come spend the whole day with me for a Thrive with Your Newborn Postpartum Preparation Workshop. If, on the other hand, you are a doula or birth professional, then block out Sunday, November 5th and come hang out as we rethink prenatals to support physiology and promote birth ownership. We do need people to register ahead of time to sort out all the travel logistics, so please don't delay. If you're interested, go check it out and get to it. Go to birthfulcourses.com to find out all about it and register or send me an email if you have questions. My easy peasy email is adriana at birthful.com, one N in Adriana, one L in birthful. Now, if you're not near North Carolina, but rather close to Buffalo, New York, then come see me the following Sunday, November 12th, for a full day advanced doula workshop. Go to birthfulcourses.com to find all the information on that as well. We are going to have tons of fun feeding our birthy souls. Can you tell I'm very much looking forward to that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Today, we're going to try to lessen the overwhelm of figuring out the stuff you actually need for life with a baby. And to help me out with this, I have Megan Whitaker here today on the show. Megan is a former pediatric nurse from Nashville, Tennessee. She and her husband decided to change their lives three years ago and cut 65% of their income to pursue their dreams right at the same time, they were pregnant. They were expecting their first child. So, Megan, welcome. So glad to have you here today. Thanks so much for having me. Yay. So, 
we're going to be talking about minimalist baby registry or baby registry on a budget. Mm -hmm. But before we do that, you know, this is something that's very dear and personal to your heart because you embody this situation. So how about you tell everyone who's listening a bit about your story and why you decided to cut your income by 65%? Absolutely. Um, Yeah, so I um, have been married for, gosh, three and a half years now. But um, when I had been married for about a year, we got pregnant and we had already kind of decided on a a slightly more uh, frugal lifestyle. At that point, I was working full-time as a nurse. My husband was working full-time in music business. So being frugal was simply uh, extra money for us at that point. But both of us were fairly unhappy with what we were doing. And once I was pregnant, I knew that I wanted to stay home. So to to make that happen, you know, I I ended up quitting my job and my, my husband... Um, And I, after a lot of discussion, decided that he should also quit his job and go back to school and to get a master's degree in youth ministry, which does not pay very much. Um, Even when he's out, it won't pay very much. But he is in a full-time grad program. And about two months before my daughter was born, we... Uh, he transitioned to that into that program, and that cut about sixty five percent of our salary total after I was on maternity leave. Mm-hmm. And so, from that reality, you know, being pregnant and going into figuring out what you needed for your baby, like that mm-hmm. was that's a that that's an insanely good motivator into towards only getting what you absolutely need. It, it did. It, yes, it was definitely a. a an enormous factor, but also we, we physically downsized. We, we moved into a smaller place. So there was also a size restriction. Now we were going from a, an apartment that would have had a nursery to an apartment that did not have a place for a nursery. So baby had to be with us, which also kind of limited what we were going to be able to buy, not only really what we wanted to buy. It, it, it made it made us look for not only cheaper options and fewer options, but more um, a- options that, that allowed us to multitask and, and were, were, uh, were usable in different kinds of ways. Yeah, and best utilize your space. Like that's yes. one thing I can totally relate to because at one point in our lives, <laughs> this is a long story, but at one point in our lives, my husband and I, um, when we first got married, we decided to move on a boat. Mm. And we were on a sailboat for almost a year, and that required, and before that, we were living in, in New York City and, and Brooklyn and the surroundings, So, which is already tight spaces, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a very consumerist environment and like you eat all your food out and mm-hmm. so that required a lot of big mental shift and then when we moved on the boat we had like even more space uh, we were under 30 uh, 40 feet um so that the cluttering was very freeing but it does require you to be extremely mindful of every tiny item that you know if it's coming or going Yeah, I always say, you know, you kind of, if you've ever moved and been in transitional housing, you, you may, you may know what I mean, where like, if your things are in boxes, and you only use a couple of things, you very quickly figure out what you actually need, like what you need physically in front of you. And, and, but you also kind of forget about what the things 
are in those boxes. And so maybe you go to open a box later and you unpack and you're like, I didn't even remember that I owned this. And you very quickly figure out what is essential. And that's, that's kind of what we, we kind of crash coursed that in pregnancy because we had never had a baby before either. So we had to figure out what everybody was telling us we needed, what we could, you know, physically hold in our space and what we what we had to have in front of us to take care of this baby. Mm. And as a side note, I want to like share that that's the, the, the thing about things in a box and and putting, you know, out of sight, out of mind and then mm-hmm. bringing them back and forgetting you had them. Like that is a great technique for mm-hmm. renewing toys with your kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with your kids, you take yeah, the some... cyclical toys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you only show up or, you know, that you put away for six months and they come out again when they were sick of them. And they're like, oh, I love this toy. It's a good it's like, You know, right now we have fall clothes coming and I'm like, I didn't know that I owned this sweater. And it's I mean, I have a grand total of 15 sweaters and I still forget that I have a, I have that great sweater. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and before we go further deep into our minimalist uh, registry here, I do want to point out that here we're not like trying to force people to go this way. We're not, Mm-mm. you know, this is not about being judgmental. This is just one option. But I think when we left the boat, we came onto land and I was pregnant. And I remember the first time I walked into a baby store, I was so overwhelmed. I had to turn around and walk away. Yeah, because it was just too much. And so I think the main point with this show is that don't let all the stuff that's out there, all the choices guilt you into thinking you need it. Like, really think about it if if it's going to bring some benefit to your life. And and if the snoo, the, have you seen this, the happiest baby in the block, Dr. Uh-huh. Carp's yeah. new crib, which is the snoo, it mimics all the five S's, so it moves your baby as it's swaddled and shushes and does all the things, That they, it costs over a thousand bucks. So if that is what feels right to you in your heart, go for it. Many people apparently that works for their lifetime lifestyle because they're out of they're they're they've run out of snooze um, in pr- the first batch of production. But like what we're trying to say is is this is not the only way. But yeah, we forget my, my that it's lifestyle possible. is not for everyone, certainly. But I think everybody could use a little bit more money and a little bit less stress. And so, no matter what your budget and your size is just being mindful of what you're going to do with that. If you, if you really want that perfect, you know, that crib that you've had in your mind and, and, you know, there are other places that you can cut to make sure that it's comfortable for you. Mm-hmm. And you might prioritize a few luxuries, quote Absolutely. unquote luxuries. I mean, we, we did too. I mean, yeah. we, you know, we spent money on a doula. We spent money on other things like, you know, getting the the car seat that I that I really wanted and the baby carrier that I really wanted because I knew that those were the things that I needed to use and everything else. You know, we we cut other places just like you would do for a wedding or any any other big event. You just you pick those things that you know are essential. Oh, and there's so many similarities between a wedding registry and a baby registry. Mm-hmm. They're as varied as the couple. That, are, that is getting married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's individual. So I have this, before we jump into the checklist itself that we're going to go over, 
Um, what are some of the techniques and, and, and like approaches that really worked for you in trying to figure out what stuff you needed and what was coming in and what wasn't? The, the biggest kind of factor for, for us was the space and that, that won't be most people's situation. Um, but, but the first thing that we did was kind of look at, how much room we actually had, like what we wanted to do with our space and, and had to decide from there because before, we didn't want to even look at cribs before I knew how, you know, if I could even get a full size crib in our room, which we couldn't. So we didn't do that. Um, but once we kind of knew how many, how, how much space we had, we started looking for the, options that would grow with the baby as much as possible. We didn't do anything that was for only a very small amount of time. There's a lot of newborn specific things that are great, but are that are there that are bonuses, you know, like the, um, the co-sleepers and things. We, we went with one that a, we went with a co-sleeping crib that my daughter could stay in longer than many of the other options. You know, we, we went with a car seat that was convertible that would stay with her longer. And so that was my first priority was to get things that I would only have to buy once. Mm -hmm. Did you, um, and when we were talking before doing the show, I know that you did a, go and, and get a lot of things secondhand. Um, yes. Can yeah, you speak, there, yeah, speak more about that? I, I'm a huge consignment person. We are very lucky where I live um, in Nashville that we have a lot of consignment sales around here. Um, most larger cities will have, have them. Sometimes they're hard to find. You kind of have to dig. But once you know where they are, you will see them everywhere. Um, we, we have multiple a year. And so I'm very lucky in that regard. But, you know, things like Craigslist and Facebook. Facebook is great, too, because you can see and talk to who you're dealing with um, more personally. So it's not as it's not as anonymous, which makes me as a, you know, mom going to pick something up more comfortable. So I, I did buy quite a lot of things used. I even we cloth diaper and I even bought a lot of my cloth diapers used. Um, the great thing about, especially infant things, is they grow out of them quickly. And a lot of these things are not very heavily used. Or people have bought them or gotten them as gifts before the baby is born and then have found out that baby doesn't like it. You know, my baby didn't like a swing. You know, other babies love a swing. And so some of these things are only used two or three times. And you can get a significant discount for things that are really in great, great shape, if not basically brand new. Mm, and that point of does like is it going to work for me and my baby is huge because you won't know that until the baby arrives and you know, and you see what baby you got. Yeah, I I am a huge proponent of waiting until after the baby is born if you can, if it's feasible for you and in, in your situation to have a shower. And we actually chose to do that with one side of my family and I'm so glad we did. Um, we, we had what in the South we call a sip and see where you all come over and, you know, sip cocktails. And in my case, you know, spritzer and see the baby. And so everybody got a chance to meet, um, my daughter when she was about four months old. And by that time we were starting to grow out of clothes. You know, I, we were coming up to the point where she was actually going to be eating solid food. So 
I, I needed things and I also know, knew what she liked and I knew what size she was. We, di we didn't know that she was a girl beforehand. So now I knew she was a girl. Um, so we were able to get dresses and bathing suits for summer. And that was incredibly helpful. And you don't have to wait four months. You don't even have to wait. But for me, that was awesome because some of the swaddles that, that I thought that she would like when she was an infant, she didn't. Some of the, the pajamas, she didn't like the ones where there's a band around the bottom. She didn't like it on her feet, so we couldn't use those. So I knew what to ask for from people and was able to be specific. And people want to give you things that you're going to use and you're going to want. So um, I think my family was was glad that I was able to be specific and say, I'd love this one and, and this this will be so helpful for me. And, and they were really able to, to um, give us more specific useful things. Mm. Did you do a registry for your sip and see? I did. Um, I, I did an online registry um, that also allowed me to register for things that were not um, physical things. Um, and I think that's, I, I've sent this to you so you can get it in, in the resources. It's, it's called baby list. And I was able to um, register for like meals and cleaning and things. And so I was, <laughs> things like that can be really helpful. And, and especially if you're having a shower before baby's coming, asking for someone to bring you food, asking for someone to come do your laundry. You know, some of the people that like maybe are in my situation that like don't have the resources to spend $150 on a gift for someone that would love to, you know, would like if someone is close to me and I want to be able to give them something great, I can give them my time. And I was able to register for that. And that was also wonderful. Oh, and I love the fact that, first of all, I love the concept of the sip and see and just the name is so fabulous. Like I want to do a <laughs> sip so and see for everything now. <laughs> like sip and see, I don't know that I got, you know, <laughs> I don't know, a new certification. Um, <laughs> but um, I really love that you mentioned the non, the experience gifts rather mm -hmm. than the tangible gifts like these meals or cleaning. Because truthfully, at the end of the day, especially during the newborn period, your baby more than anything just needs you. So yeah. focusing the 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 or shifting the focus from the baby to the mom or to the parents, and providing the parents things that will make their life easier and and sort of help them in their recovery and just make their day-to-day -day easier so that they can better take care of baby like those are the gifts that I value the most especially for like second like second time moms or moms that do not have long maternity leaves or dads who don't have paternity leave where they're not going to get a ton of support or maybe don't need a lot of physical stuff. Things like doing a meal train or, you know, coming over and holding baby while you're in the shower are so helpful and are so so needed that there, there are now, you know, online services that will that will help you set those those things up. So things like meal train and and baby list where you can ask for that kind of support is is awesome. And I, I love that kind of technology. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fantastic that we can do that. Um, and connect very easily, like make the organize this super easily. Um, Megan, what, how, so you said that, you know, by the time you did your sip and see, you knew like what you needed more of or mm -hmm. that this whatever swaddle 
versus the ones you originally got would work. How did you, how did you get to narrow down? What was the process to narrow down and go like this one here, that one I need more of? So I, I bought one to two used kind of versions of most of the typical um, newborn like clothing items. I had a few of like, I had like one magic sleeper and one of the, um, those Velcro swaddles and, and, you know, I blanket swaddled or she, my, my daughter was never a big swaddler, no matter what we use. But I, I very quickly discovered that when she was in pajamas that were supposed to be the easy, um, diaper change pajamas, they're, they're, it's like, a, it's the gown that's gathered at the bottom. We had two or three of those and she hated them. She would kick and flail and kick and flail on absolutely just, she didn't settle as well. So I very quickly realized that if her feet were covered in like, you know, the, the onesie with the, the footies, she was more fit. I could tell that she was physically more comfortable. She didn't have anything to play with and mess with and, and was touching her toes. So I just, I, you know, I sold those at the next consignment sale and to asked for her footy pajamas instead. Mm, fantastic. Um, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to go through the essential checklist and categories one by one and see what would constitute that minimalist checklist. We will be right back. Hey, Mighty Ones. It is not uncommon for stress levels to go up while you're pregnant. You may be worried about the health of your baby, or maybe you're anxious about the birth, or maybe you're wondering how you're going to afford all the extra cost. Or maybe you're just guilt-ridden because you're not eating well and exercising and doing all those little things that everyone is telling you to do for the sake of your little peanut. Fortunately, there is one little simple thing you can do that won't take up more than 10 minutes per day and will improve not only how you feel about all these things I mentioned, but also your birth, the health of your baby, and your own immunity. That little thing is meditation, and yup, it can do all this and even help reduce your pain during labor. Don't know where to start? Easy peasy. Check out Expectful, an evidence-based guide meditation app created specifically for new, soon-to-be, or expectant moms. Learn more and sign up for a free two-week trial at expectful.com slash birthful. And don't forget to add the slash birthful part so they know who sent you. And we are back. And so let's do... This, uh, this, let's go down this the registry, list. Of, yeah, yeah, let's do this registry. <laughs> so for what I found for baby essentials, very essential, say for newborn, you need a car seat. Mm-hmm. You need, now the, the list that I have says you need a car seat, you need a stroller, and you need a sleeping spot. I would even mm-hmm. debate the stroller. We did not really use a stroller. Uh, I would say my daughter was probably in a stroller five or six times before she was walking (laughs) she's been in it a few more times since because she likes now it's kind of fun and novel and so we'll take her on strolls through the neighborhood but but i i carried her or used a baby carrier yeah so i think it's just a, a mode of transport whether or not you feel like you need a stroller or whether or not you want to get some other kind of like carrier or sling or something Right. And it depends on your lifestyle as well. If you're yeah. a big jogger, you might need that jogging stroller because you will get tons of use from it. But I, I second the baby carrier um, 
and maybe more than one baby carrier, one for you, one yes. for your partner, one for, you know, a snuggy little, or a tighter one like the baby Katan for, for um, when babies are super, super small and they just need to be more bunched up against you and something with more of a seat for when they're bigger and can actually kind of sit and not just scrunch around uh, yeah I have I actually have four and one was a gift and was new and the and the other three have all been purchased very cheaply used and are are incredible and and it's just deciding how fast I want to get her in and out and how secure I want her to be in there and other than that just you know they're all soft and I can throw them in a purse and, and that just that works better for us. And I think a lot of people think if you are if you travel a lot or you live in a city, you know, you need that stroller. And I would say that may be actually the time to look at getting a carrier where if you're here pushing it through airports and things, it's just a lot easier for me to throw her in a carrier. Yeah. So motor transport. And and, yep. and there's a lot to be said in terms of development and, and attachment to having baby in a carrier rather than a stroller, especially for those first three months. We're mm -hmm. sp we're we're mammalian marsupials. We should have pouches. Like we're we're carrying mammals. So babies do need to be carried those first three months a lot more. Um so there's something to think about that your baby might be happier being carried carried than rolled around in a stroller. Um, so this list has, it does have a baby carrier. Uh, it's got diapers and wipes and mm -hmm. baby clothes. And that does just lists body suits, sleepers or gowns, swaddles, socks, and hats. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that people go a little overboard with the baby clothes because people will warn you, you know, you, oh, you need a ton because you're going to go through three or four a day. And that may be your experience that that wasn't mine. We didn't have a ton of blowouts. That may be more because, you know, we we used cloth diapers that were like, you know, a, a nuclear bomb could go off in these things and, and nothing would get through. But there's so much fear with the stuff, you know, you have to have enough of, of, of everything. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, if my daughter had a little bit of spit up on her onesie, I did not change her. So that, that also may just be me. Um, but we, we, we tend, we aired on the side of just a few. Yeah. And I, my experience is on both sides of being pregnant and, and having pregnant people around me is that, clothes it are a big gift like you go to get yep. something in the store and you're like oh this would look so cute and you just you know it's a less lesser price point purchase mm -hmm. so you tend to get a lot of clothes as gifts we did not find out the gender and that is um that was a contributing factor i had actually been to a very dear friend of mine's shower who knew that she was having a girl. She has an extremely large family as well. And so she got over a hundred articles of clothing that were almost all dresses. Um, so daytime outfit dresses, poofy. M many of them were monogrammed or had her name, the baby's name written on them, um, which are beautiful, but she actually got more articles of clothing than there were numbers of days in that month category, she got, you know, the zero to three months, she got more than three mm. months worth of dresses. And I, I, that had stuck in my head so strongly. Um, I didn't think that that would be my experience to get, you know, 200 articles of clothing or something, 
but it does, that does happen. You know, people, people get really excited. It was the first grandbaby. There was, there was a lot of excitement, but she, she was very overwhelmed with, you know, she wanted to send people pictures of her daughter in these things and, you know, be thankful and grateful, but she kind of didn't know what to do with it all. And, and so we, we, uh, had already wanted to do that, but that, that was definitely sticking in my head that, you know, getting just some gender neutral things and then being able to add some really great outfits later, um, worked a little better for us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on one checklist that I found for baby essentials in terms of baby clothes, and if we're going to be budgeting out, this one talked about spending between 282 over a thousand dollars in clothing alone. Yes. Um, so you can, it's super easy to go overboard. (laughs) Super easy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think especially pregnant moms and, and brand new moms who haven't gotten um into the quote-unquote mommy world yet don't know where to go to get cheaper or used clothes and so you see you know more experienced or older kid moms really using these kid sales but I mean I can't even there are hundreds of thousands of items at at the consignment sales that I go to and many of them have tags on them still um, because they weren't able to use them or they got them, you know, when the baby was two or three months old and they had already, you know, it was a gift and they had already been outgrown. So I think it's, it's super underutilized for new moms, but also for gift givers. Like if, you know, if you're good friends with the mom, you know, ask, you know, would it be okay if I got you something that had that, you know, that didn't have tags on it that, you know, maybe isn't returnable and that, that may not be comfortable for everyone, but, you know, if you go to the mom before or if you as a new mom could say, you know, we would really love these sleep sacks that are at a higher price point, you know, consider trying to find one at a, a consignment sale to your mom or mother-in-law. That way, you know, you can be you can be covered and have lots of different options and still, you know, know that <laughs> you're not going to get uh, inundated with with maybe the crazier things. Yeah, and even if you have um, friends or family that have kids slightly older than you, like that's Mm -hmm. a great, they will be outgrowing these clothes. So it's a great partnership to do where it's like, you know, and I can, after I'm done with them, I can give them back to you and you can then consign them or like they don't get used that much to be ruined. They're they're totally, they they hold their value, (laughs) which is a funny thing to say, right? But newborn's clothes tend to, or baby clothes tend to hold their value. Um, Or, or you can promise to pass it along to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This list. So that's what it had for very essential. Then often essential. It talked about a breast pump or formula. Um, Mm -hmm. It talked about baby bottles, a rocker, bouncer or swing, um, diaper pail, baby monitor. It has more. But let's talk about those. Any thoughts on those first five? My first big thought is, again, with the people get nervous about what they need, how many of things they need. And I think people tend to go overboard at on the initial purchase of buying bottles where they'll decide on a brand, they'll see good reviews, and they'll get a bunch of bottles. And if you're going to be bottle feeding or even pumping and feeding, you don't necessarily know what baby's going to like. So getting 
some used ones, borrowing some from a friend, you know, just getting, you know, a lot of them come in packs of like four, getting two or three, asking for two or three different kinds of, and just getting three or four. So that way, you know, because babies and bottles are some, some babies will take any bottle. Uh, when I was working in pediatrics, one of the things that we heard very often is, you know, they are refusing this bottle, they are refusing this bottle, and then they would come back at another checkup and say, oh, we just needed to switch the bottle. They love this bottle. Um, we didn't bottle feed a ton, so, because, um, you know, I, I was breastfeeding, and so we, we were just pumping. Um, but my, luckily, my daughter liked the second one we tried, but she did not like the first one. And so, you know, don't go with a system. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, systems seem great, but you know, if there's, you know, if there's 30 bottles in there and they don't like it, you know, you, you may have a month of trying to force your baby to, to like this bottle that you have 15 of before they decide that they're okay with it. And I found like, like I understand from, if I go think back to being a new mom and to, to being pregnant, not even a new mom and going to the store and trying, looking at all these bottles and trying to figure out what I needed of wanting to get something and a lot of it, just so I could have that piece of, you know, having that peace of mind of like checking the list that like, boom, I got, I got the bottles, I'm done with it. Mm -hmm. um, and not wanting to pile on things to buy afterwards um but i think there are a few things like this like the baby bottles um often a lot of things you, error like going on the side of buying less than more trying a couple like you said even though that can sound stressful not having your checklist done at the end yeah it'll be it'll be more beneficial because those bottles, the nipple shapes can be so different. Like you said, babies might like one one. They might not like the other one. Um, I find the same thing is true with pacifiers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my daughter is very, very specifically. We, we gave her one kind of pacifier, and we have a backup kind. And she will pull that out of her mouth and look at it, and she's like, what have you given me? <laughs> You know, when she was an infant, it was never going to happen. Now that she's older, she'll think about it a little bit. But, I mean, if you, all you have to do is walk into a bottle aisle and look at, the, look at the nipple variety, and you will very quickly realize that these are – I mean, there's inches of difference in mm -hmm. some of the circumferences for these things. So, so just um, – you know, with, with feeding systems, be, be careful of, of the systems. Cause I mean, people will tell you, you know, this was the best bottle. She had no reflux and that is awesome. And that worked for that baby. It may not work for your baby. So, you know, yeah. getting, getting expert mom opinion is super important, but, but remember that you don't know what your baby is going to like yet. And oh my God, I remember talking to um, Heather Holt on the show about cloth diapering and mm -hmm. she had several, you know, she did cloth, she did, had a cloth diapering service and, 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 and uh, a local parenting store. So she knew tons about cloth diapering, but even sharing her experience, she says, one of my babies, these cloth diapers work really great for them. Another one of my babies, they, those that brand of diapers did not work for them. This other brand. So just the fact that like even the the shape and brand of and style of the cloth diapers would work. Yeah, I would not I'm work for months, the same for different kids. Yeah. I'm six months pregnant now and I am just like crossing my fingers that our cloth diapers are going to fit this next baby because my daughter is extremely petite. I mean, 
my husband and I are really little people. And so she's real skinny and has always been real small. And so we have cloth diapers that, that fit her, but I know bigger babies that cannot wear them. And so I'm, I'm just like, come on, baby number two, fit into these diapers, <laughs> you know, cause you, you, um, it's like, they're like pants, you know, two, two people's hips are different. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I've got my fingers crossed for that one. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, that's an essential, you kind of, unless you're doing elimination communication, you, mm-hmm. you've got an, you need diapers and yes. if, whether they're cloth or they're not, they're, whether they're disposable, those disposable also vary in shape and style. So you I can't tell you how often I see like on Facebook moms groups that say like, I have two cases of these diapers that we that don't fit or don't work for us or my baby doesn't like or that itch or, you know, whatever it is that we tried and I bought all of these. Does anybody want them? Because mm-hmm. that's what happens. You, you don't you don't always know. Some companies, especially some of the natural companies, like will let you, you know, have trials and you can get online and, and get a trial of their diaper to check before you open a case of diapers. But definitely... <laughs> Definitely don't don't stockpile because you, you, you a lot of women use their registry and use showers to get, you know, lots of wipes and lots of diapers. And, and I would definitely caution that that's that is that stockpile for a sip and see afterwards when you know that those are going to be the ones you're going to love. Yeah, that's a great one to do it. At your sip and see. <laughs> yeah. yeah, great one to do. Um, see, baby, so we had diaper pail, baby monitor. We never used the diaper mm-hmm. pail just because it wasn't, I didn't find newborn breastfed diapers to be that stinky. No, they're not smelly. And I mean, we, we cloth diapers. So, we, well, you know, especially when she was a newborn, we, you know, we had a cloth diaper specific pail. But um, we, we, when she, overnights, we do use disposables a lot or if we're going on long trips. And my daughter's favorite thing in the whole world now that she's walking is to get to throw away her diaper. So, you know, she'll walk it into the kitchen and throw it away. And it's just, it's, that's adorable. We, <laughs> I'm so proud of how helpful she is. I can't even tell you. Um, so we, yeah, we, we never used any kind of disposable diaper pail. I think that is just a recipe for one of your rooms to smell bad after a while, at least. Yeah. It's better to like get into the habit of yeah, throw it away, get it out of your house, get it out of your house them, quicker. <laughs> once, once they start eating real food, it is real. It gets real, real quick. Oh, that's a, that's a whole different, yeah, that's no longer cute. No. Yeah. So, you know, keeping it in like a little capsule is maybe not the best. It sounds, it seems great, but I, I, that has, yeah, that was not my experience of thinking that that would be essential for, for us. What was your experience with rocker bouncers or swings or any other like little momentary containers? Yeah, this was one of the things that we did wrong. We, um, we asked for a swing because my mom spent nine months of my pregnancy tell, telling me, you would only sleep in your swing, and oh, you loved your swing, and oh my gosh, your swing. And so we got a swing, and we, we, we got it, you know, we had got it as a gift. Um, and my daughter hated it, hated it, and would, would not sleep in it, would not sit in it, just did not like it at all loved her little bouncer. So we did have, I mean, and I got it for $5 because we were desperate and somebody was having a garage sale and I happened to pass it. And I was like, Oh, great. Bouncer, bouncer sounds great. Um, it was inclined and 
and, and she, she had some reflex. So I think it helped her reflex quite a bit. And so she slept in that and she loved that. That was the only fun play thing that she would sit in that would keep her. But we didn't have it until she was two or three months old because, you know, my, my mom was so excited about that swing. She also would not go in a jumper, which we were also given that my mom swore up, down and sideways was the only way to keep me entertained when I was an older baby mom. My daughter had nothing to do with it. So those were our, we, we made those mistakes. Um, I, my sister recently is, my sister is pregnant and bought a, do you know, like the, the mama Yep. That, that glorious space pod looking thing that bounces and has it kind of gently swayed from side to side. It's yeah. like a sachet almost. <laughs> but it's not cheap. And she no. bought it off of Facebook in her neighborhood from a family down the street because her daughter hates it. And they bought it. And my so my sister has not had her baby yet, so we will find out if she likes it. But yeah, they you know, they paid for it, bought it, put it in it, got it stained, and then her daughter hated it. So she was only able to sell it for pretty cheap online. Um, I do think you, you know, having something that you can put your baby down in for five minutes is crucial. If you have the space, uh, you definitely want something, um, you know, but don't, don't be married to the idea. And I, this is definitely one of those, one of those areas where getting something used may be the way to go just in case with car seats, go big, you know, get a good convertible brand new, car seat that you know is in perfect condition with things like like these you know this this is a trial and error area it is and it's you know and if you do end up having something that your child does not like maybe that is a great time to do a a baby gear swap organize Mm -hmm. something like with people of your friends and, and or, or even like mom's groups do a swap with the things that didn't work. Yeah, there are there are so many, you know, good supportive mom's groups. And if you're not, you know, if you haven't found one on Facebook, even, you know, before baby comes, you know, moms are always trying to sell things and buy things like we always need stuff. But we're also always give you know, we're outgrowing stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's just, it's why I'm passionate about it because I know what great stuff you can find yeah, for really great prices. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's all out there. It's more of being a little bit more diligent. Um, yeah. This list also had a baby monitor. And the baby monitor, there's so many different types out there. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think what you just said a, co- a few minutes ago about don't be married to the, the idea of something, whatever that is, I think that can be applied also to baby monitor because it depends on the size of your house. It depends how much peace of mind is it really going to give you. Is it going to make you more of a helicopter mom and hover more around your baby when your baby's fine because you're constantly watching it? Like, it's not just about monitoring your baby. It's think about, be mindful of, why and what you need to monitor. We did not have a video monitor at all until my daughter was a year and a half old. She's almost two now. Um, we just, we had an old, old fashioned Fisher price that, I mean, it's, it's been passed down from through at least two relatives who, who knows when it was made. Um, because she slept 
next to me, you know, for a very long time. So I only needed it for nap was I wasn't, I didn't necessarily need to see her in the middle of the night, but when we, when we transitioned to one, um, a girlfriend of mine had actually told me that, um, her husband's a techie guy. There's lots of techie stuff in their house and they got a, a very techie Wi-Fi, um, you know, thermometer reading, like crazy video monitor. And it didn't work very well in their house because there was so much other Wi-Fi in their house. Mm. So yeah, bought, we forget about the electromagnetic f- fields. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, they, field, yeah. They, they had these, you know, you know, multiple cameras up that were all on, you know, a Wi-Fi circuit. And, and they had a really hard time getting a picture for a while. And they, I'm not, they had to unplug things. And I think they had to get rid of some crazy remotes and things that they had because they were on the same frequency. Okay. So, yeah, you, you definitely want to, like, technology is awesome, but beware how much technology is in there because <laughs> these are all on the same circuit. So things may not work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it is such a huge, so don't get married to any one idea. Try things out. Ask, see what fits your situation the best. Yeah. Like, and at the end of the people. day, you know, it doesn't really matter how, how clear the image is or what thing is. It's, it's, it's like your baby's either going to be asleep or awake and you can tell, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you're close enough, you can hear. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're close enough, you can hear. But I mean, if you if you want a video monitor, like seeing the baby is, is seeing the baby, you know, no matter no matter what else you do, you know, baby's up or baby's sleeping. And, you know, for you, like, I'm, I'm going to be like the old lady of like, when, when was uh, uh, we, we, you know, we didn't have it was, all baby monitors weren't videos. We just had mm-hmm. a plain old sound sound monitor and it was great. We found a brand that we loved, and actually, when it conked out, we ended up replacing it with the same brand. And I loved it for traveling, especially. Oh yeah, um, because it allowed us a little bit of, of just of, of being in a different room or distance. When you're traveling, you're usually socializing a little bit more, so it allowed us to be not in the same room, but and, and not super close, but also you know within range. Yeah, we love. I love my Fisher Price walkie-talkie monitor the only reason we have we got the video monitor is when she moved into another room and was old enough to climb out of her crib on her own and I just needed to know if she was physically in that bed (laughs) absolutely you needed to see her yeah um other essentials on this list are diaper cream nasal aspirator nursing pillow crib sheets mattress protectors uh baby first aid kit I think that the if you're if you're if you're breastfeeding, you need you need something. Um, if you don't have good hard pillows that you could easily move around, you definitely want to have a nursing pillow of some kind. Um, the nasal aspirator also is something that that is very important, just because babies are obligatory nose breathers, and you know, so that in first aid, you know, is is always good. Things like, you know, the, the, you know, multiple, you know, protecting pads and stuff, you know, my daughter didn't sleep in a crib for a good long time. So crib sheets and like lots and lots of extra stuff for crib. We, we didn't have, um, we, we have one mattress, you know, pad and, you know, if she soaks through that for some reason, I think she's only done it once, you know, we throw that one in there. We didn't need two or three backups because, Gosh, that would be a bad night. But I, I, you know, I would hope that that would only happen once. And if she's going to soak through it again, I'm just going to clean it up. But um, that's one of those things where you you just want to get 
a couple. You don't need seven of anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's going to depend on your baby whether yeah. you then you know get two and and because that will get you through a bad night. And then if it tends to happen often, go like, okay, well, I need more. Then of these. you know you need yeah. more. Right? Yeah, for your sip and see. I love that concept. <laughs> so <laughs> it's my new favorite thing. Um, but di- I mean, diaper cream. You know. I- that is also one of those things where you kind of don't know how your baby's going to react to it. And there's lots of stuff in, in, in a lot of those creams. So if, if you're, if you're going to, you know, be buying that before a baby is born, you know, think about what you can use on your skin. Are you sensitive? You know, are you not, um, you know, what, what you want to have in, in the house and in the room. We, you know, we typically use coconut oil and, and some zinc, Mm-hmm. If it gets real bad, but, but that is, that's another thing that, you know, don't just buy diaper cream, you know, think about what, what works physically for you before you try it on your baby. Yeah. 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 Um, and see, for me, the nursing pillow, I think is very, can be very helpful, but especially at the beginning. And, and if you're doing a lot of, of the laid back, you know, natural breastfeeding, mm-hmm. the, you don't need a nursing pillow because you're actually laying back. Um, yeah, the biologic position. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. the natural breastfeeding. Yep. Yeah, I I had a really hard time. I have neck problems, so like I had to have something, and I discovered very quickly that I that I really needed my baby to be real up high, and I needed a nursing pillow. Um, so that may just <laughs> that may just be me. Actually, I pulled a muscle. No, oh, no, breastfeeding. It was, yeah. <laughs> it's the dangers of breastfeeding. Yeah, the things they don't tell you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, so many of those. Um, oh, you pulled them up. I'm sorry. Oh, it's, just, it's like of all the funny things. Like, how did you hurt yourself? Um, <laughs> breastfeeding. <laughs> Very good. Um, so yeah. So like that's another of try it out and see may may help maybe often essential. Um, I like that this list, and I'm going to link to this, but it says it has a, a separate category of could be essential for parents. Mm-hmm. I love considering the parents. Like, personally, I have a baby essentials for a happy postpartum list, and I will link it and, and, and you know, a handout, and people can just download it. Um, I've got eight items on that. Five are for the parents. Love that. I mean, yeah, you're pregnant for nine months and everybody wants to take care of you. And then that baby comes out and you're like, who are you again? Let me see that baby. Everybody forgets about you. I call it the pre- the pregnancy hangover. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> during pregnancy, it's all about you. Yep. And you're glowing and beautiful and all these things. And then afterwards, it's like, like oh. you take care of baby. Like, your recovery is not on a different topic. I won't rap about that. Right. But, um. <laughs> Yeah, so it could be essential for parents. We've got a mirror to watch your baby while driving. Um, mm-hmm. Babysitting child care household help, which is kind of what we mentioned before of those service uh, purchases instead of things. Um, same thing for postpartum care products and doula services, freezer meals, uh, nursing bra, self-care coupons or items. I would include body work on that. Uh, mm-hmm. newborn care books, breastfeeding clothes, or covers. That, that's hard for me because I feel like some of those are, fair, are, are, are almost in the essential category. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like things like 
freezer meal and or some household help because if you're feeding a baby if you have a lazy feeder like I do um, you know she didn't nurse quickly and you're on the couch for an hour or two you know you get hungry and if you're the only one home you need to be able to make some food and there were there were definitely times when we didn't have any food in the house <laughs> and there was like emergency we need some I need something to eat so I think I I think that that making sure that whether or not you have people able to come and bring you something or you have a, a really set, you know, plan um, in place before baby arrives, you know, food, postpartum food is is really overlooked. So in, in my, I think in my world that that is that is an essential that's that's really necessary because, you know, when dad, if dad gets home from work or, you know, the day that grandma leaves or whatever it may be, you know, make sure that you know that you can eat quickly. Yeah. And, and you can get some food in you. And that's one of those that also depends on what baby you get, right? So if yeah. you were sitting on the couch nursing for an hour, but that's eight to 12 times a day. That is more than half your day just feeding. So yeah, you know, you need a shower, right? So. <laughs> so I, in your case, like I would always say that freezer meals are, it's for me, that is also like freezer meals, postpartum care or doula services or, or child care, household help, like all those I would consider essentials, whether it's paid help or not. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then self-care stuff of body work or having somebody watch the baby while you take a nice relaxing bath, like stuff to care for you or take care of you. Um, I consider essentials. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't when I had my baby and now I'm like, I paid for it. So yeah. And nursing bras, that's another one of the wait and see because you don't, you might, you might want to get a couple of like camis or just tank top, but you're not going to really know what size yeah, you're going to get. You're not, yeah, you're not, you're going to know what they're going to look like. You're not going to know what they're going to feel like. And if you want anything on there and, you know, I, the first week or two, I mean, I wasn't going out much when I was going out, I did wear a bra, but you know, there wasn't a whole lot of bra happening for the first couple Mm. of weeks. (laughs) I was in a button down shirt and not much else with my baby for a while. And so I didn't worry about that too much. I I definitely lived in the, in a camisole more than, more than I lived in, in a bra that later, you know, once, once you're fully out and about that becomes, that becomes an essential. (laughs) Yeah, and I would just make sure you don't get a nursing bra that has underwires. Underwire, yeah. Just, that's the only, like, kind of rule, rigid rule, you see what I did there, of not having. Not <laughs> yeah, don't want don't want to give yourself any blocked ducts. Exactly, that can easily lead to mastitis. So, no, none of that. But otherwise, just wait and see. Yeah. And I, I've, um, I've worked with some, with postpartum moms as a nurse and, and you really like, you really don't know what your chest is going to look like 24, 48 hours later. It is amazing. Some women get all of their milk and you cannot tell. And some women will go up to cup sizes. And, you know, I, again, I love my mother. My mom was so there was such a belief that I was going to have exactly her pregnancy, exactly her labor and exactly me as a baby. Um, but you know, we were, we really were 
totally different, even though we physically look very similar um, and carried similarly. But I mean, everything else was very different. And so my mom, who was like, you know, oh my gosh, I got so swollen. I did not. So my sister, on the other hand, looks like, you know, she, you know, you can, you can, we already know that she is going to need a, a, a larger bra for her afterwards, but I did not. So yeah, you, you, you kind of don't know what that's going to be like. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and your breasts are going to shift and change and adjust for the first few even the couple of weeks, like the first mm-hmm. week and so until like your milk comes in and until things settled. So it can be very different during a few days. Yeah. yeah. And even if you're, if, if you're not breastfeeding, you know, you, you do want to take into consideration that it is going to take a couple of days for the milk to go away. Yeah. And so there, there is some chest consideration there as well. Absolutely. You know, don't, don't bring your favorite, you know, your, your favorite comfy bra to the hospital and think that that may fit on the way home, even if you're not breastfeeding, because it may not. Yeah, and even at the beginning, you only have colostrum, but then most likely your milk, your milk's going to come in, and then you yeah. have to the, the hormones need to be told that that it's not needed, and that takes a little bit of time. Yeah, I think moms who aren't planning on breastfeeding for whatever reason, I think they kind of forget that that is still a physiological fact. Yep, for at least a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. So back to the list, um, mm-hmm. I like the mirror to watch baby while driving, but I understand that that's a very like, that's not an essential. It's like, it was a really good thing to have. Um, other things here, the changing pad or table, rocking chair or glider, a diaper bag, pacifiers, white noise machine or soother, bottle accessories, burp cloths, baby wash cloths, humidifier, Portable play yard and storage. Um, I know I said a lot of things there. What stands out for you in terms of most helpful? Yeah, that is a lot. That um, I think a, I think a lot of those are are, are pretty secondary, um, as, especially things like um, like you know play yards and everything. You know are good, but it, you know really for for quite a while, long time, if you have that one swing or rocker or such, you know, baby's going to be in that because they are not going to be mobile, you know, until you kind of get past tummy time um, to crawling, you know, six months down the line, you know, a a bouncer is going to work just as well as a play yard. Um, But, um, you know, like we didn't have a changing table. We we had a changing pad um, that we could just put down on a dresser. Um, so a lot of, I think a lot of this, this stuff in this category is the, you know, how you can make it work in different ways for your, your home and your family. Um, yeah, you could, you could need it or you could do without, or you could MacGyver it like a diaper bag. You can figure it out. I've always been a really big purse person. So I have an enormous purse and I just, I tried two different diaper bags and it just, and then I just had two bags. I'm just not like, I, I never found that necessary, even though, even though we were a cloth diaper in and I can't even tell you how much stuff I, I brought with me. Um, yeah, I was not a call. I was not a diaper bag person. Um, I kind of wish I was cause I bought a cute diaper bag or I was given a cute <laughs> diaper bag, but it just, no, I stuff everything in my purse to this day. Like my, you know, my toddler knows that everything's in my purse and with pacifiers as well, you know, not having one in the house, I think, is helpful 
if you're going to be breastfeeding for the first few weeks. Um, you know, they, they, the powers that be, um, sort of suggest waiting, um, three to four weeks before giving a pacifier to a baby who's going to be breastfed. And so we, we, we wanted to do that and we had bought two and I just hid them and I didn't even bring them out because it's so tempting to just give your baby the pacifier in, instead of breastfeeding. And I, and we had a hard time breastfeeding. So I'm glad that we did that. Um, cause then once we introduced the pacifier, it was fine. So we didn't even have it in the house for a while. Yeah. And it's, I think we kind of tucked it away. I think it's one of those where it depends on the baby and it depends on how they're feeding and, and, you know, there's no milk coming out of the pacifier. So yeah. they know kind of the difference um, that it's just for sucking. So I think the the nipple confusion has lately we've understood that it's not so much nipple conf- confusion as a milk flow preference. Yeah. And well, really for me, it was I, my my daughter was a terrible feeder. And so she was hungry all the time. And when I would give her a pacifier, I wasn't really sure if she was hungry or fussy. There you go. So for for us, it wasn't necessarily, I wasn't, I wasn't fully worried about nipple confusion as much as I was worried about my lazy baby who would never eat very much if she was hungry, if she was truly hungry, or if I was going to give her this pacifier and she was going to be just happy enough to fall asleep and really need to eat. So that was more my stance that, that I wanted to just make sure that, that I, that I could either calm her down because she was upset or that she needed food. Well, and it really speaks to the fact that all of these things are tools mm-hmm. to help you make the process easier. But aside from like the car seat, which is law, you need it by law. Yeah. Um, and depends on where you live, too. Um, you know, all of these things are optional. At the end of the day, your baby just wants you and would be happy yeah. with Yeah, your... pacifiers have not been around forever. Swaddles have not been around forever. Right. Swings have not been around forever. Like, don't be afraid that you don't have what your baby needs so that you need and you need something else. Like, these are the all these things are 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 helpful. They're not replacing your innate ability that I promise is in there. <laughs> Yeah. No, no, no. And and just because it's on a list doesn't mean you have to get it. And just because yeah, everybody know, else gets it. I know yeah. lots of people that like never got pacifiers at all, which to me is amazing because I was fully a pacifier kid and, and my daughter is too. But I mean, I know I know lots of parents and lots of grown people now who are like, I never had a pacifier. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> you never had a pacifier. But, you know, they, they had other you know, they had other soothing methods. They had other coping methods. Like, you know, we're, you know, pacifiers are, you know, given because we're, you know, we, we want the baby to calm down and, and we're afraid we won't be able to do it in another way or, you know, it takes longer other ways or wh- whatever it may be. But it, it is, it is just, it is just to help. You know, if you forget your pacifier at home, you don't have to run into Target and get it and get a new one. It's okay. Like the baby will be okay. You can, it, don't be don't don't buy things out of out of fear of not being able to do it yourself because you can always do it yourself. People did it for millions of years. You can always if your pinky's really clean and your nail is yep. short, you just flip that finger <laughs> into yep. the mouth and they can suck on that for a bit. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. they'll find their thumb. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so like looking at those lists, it talks about a rocking chair or a glider. We got a rocking chair, and at the end, I hated it. Yeah. So it, again, back to the thing that 
you may or may not like it. And the money stacks up. I was looking through um, online groups and averages for how much money you spend on on your registry on baby stuff. And mm-hmm. it can be like upwards of like averages of $1,500. Yeah, I think the average on Amazon is almost $3,000 wow. like uh, of what people ask for. Um, and then the government did a survey in 2010 where they, they said it was about $12,000 of parental expense on baby gear for the first year. Did that include diapers? Do you know? Yeah, that, that, was, that, was, that was everything. It was $12,000 for everything. And diapers, I think, are roughly $2,500 to $3,000, depending on what you're, what you're doing for a year. But let me tell you, we did not spend that much. And I promise <laughs> we didn't spend anywhere close to that. I think, I think in my daughter's first year of life, we spent $60 on clothes. And that was our like biggest expense outside of like the registry season where people were giving us giving us stuff. We we went out and spent an extra about sixty bucks on clothes. Yeah, and it just depends back again into your lifestyle and yep. your finances and your baby. I mean, your baby may not be able to use any baby soap or shampoo because they have really sensitive skin, or they can only use a certain type of clothing, or they. Or they or might not formula, care. Formula, which you know, formulas can get really expensive yeah. if you're, if you're, if you have a, a food sensitivity. Which is why you know, being able to know that you can cut in other areas may 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 turn out being vital, even if you don't think that you necessarily need to to cut budget. You know, crazy. You know, crazy wild like I did. You know, you you, you don't know you don't know what your baby's going to look like until your baby's here. Exactly. Yeah. I, I am, um, as we grow, go through this episode, I grow more and more of a fan of the sip and see. Like, I'm going <laughs> to say it again, sip and see. <laughs> it, you know, I, I think that you know, there are actually a lot of cultures that don't give any presents at all before birth for multiple reasons, mm-hmm. for um, just, just culturally, they don't believe in presenting gifts before someone is born. Um, and, and I, I love that cause I, I really think, you know, there are so many things that can happen after birth, you know, mom may be planning to breastfeed and then not be able to mom may have been planning a natural birth and then ended up with a C-section and now can't get up. You know, m- baby may have really sensitive food allergies. Baby may have really sensitive skin. You know, those are, bigger things but you know you just you don't know what it is that your postpartum and your newborn year is going to look like and so being able to say like hey let's have our our baby shower when baby is two months old and you can come and see baby or four months old when we can travel down to you and everybody gets to meet baby for the first time it's it's such a fun celebration because then baby is there but then but also it can it can really be very helpful especially if there is a special circumstance. Mm, Absolutely. Megan, was there anything that we left out in terms of things that are important for a, for a baby gear? I, I don't think so. I think, you know, I think just knowing that you don't have to subscribe to anybody else's registry to anybody else's, you know, baby lifestyle and just look at your own life and be really confident in whatever you want to do. Like, and just go with that is, is, you know, kind of at the end of the day, 
my my mommy wisdom. <laughs> yeah. It's all fluid. There's no hard rules. It yeah, just has to know, work for you. It's great to get on these sites and look up the baby registry, you know, must-haves or, you know, the inspired lists and, and, and stuff, but always take it with a grain of salt. Like you can do whatever you want to do. And I'm going to ask listeners to go to the Birthful's Facebook group. So facebook.com slash birthful um, and tell me like if they had what if we left something out or if there was the one item that totally save your life during the newborn time. What is that? Like, tell me, share your thoughts, because I would love, 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 love to know. Yeah, me too. I'm yeah. curious. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you for some of these links to see if you that if you have it, like the government survey, or if not, I'll look for it. Yeah. And um, the Amazon average to link on the show notes. But if people want to reach out and contact you um, and know more about what you're doing, how can they do that, Megan? Yeah, um, I uh, you can find me on social media. I'm going crunchy, not crazy. Um, and my my blog is also going crunchy, not crazy, and it's just you know, my, my, my hippie spin on things. So you can find me there. And if anybody has any questions about how we did it for that cheap, let me know. I'll be glad to tell you. Absolutely. Thank you so, so, so much for being on the show today. It was lots of Thank fun. Thank you for having me. It was. Mighty Ones, I love to hear from you. So share with me your thoughts. And if there's a certain topic you'd like to know more about, let me know. Go to birthful.com where you can learn more about me, the show, Patreon member benefits, send me messages, and more. I'm also on Facebook or Twitter as at birthful, so come say hi. And don't forget to check out birthfulcourses.com to truly prepare for life with a newborn. This episode was produced by me and made possible by you, the Birthful Patreon supporters, Megan Othling, and by the wonderful people at Expectful. The title song for this podcast is Vive Ace by Kevin McLeod, and the sponsorship song is Air Hockey Saloon by Chris Sibriski. Find them both at freemusicarchive.org. I'm Adriana Lozada. Please join me next week when I'll be talking to another maternity pro to inform your intuition here at the Birthful Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, Mighty One, did you know that if you started listening to one birthful episode per day at the start of your pregnancy, your baby would be about three months old before you got through all of them? That is so much birthful. So to ease us into the summer and to help you catch up on your listening, we're going back to releasing one episode per week instead of two. Now you know.